Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Freedom, freedom. I love that we're, that whole video ended on this cry for freedom because I think that's really the cry of the church's heart is for people to experience the freedom that Jesus brings. Amen? And so it's always in theme. It's not just on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's the theme of our church. It's the theme of our faith, um, freedom. And it is, goes absolutely in line with what I'm even sharing about today. So I might need a little help logging into this while I enter this, husband. <laughs> I just couldn't log on. and then. Um, so how many people have been enjoying this series? favor of God. I'm so excited to continue uh, this series. Last week was a really profound message, I believe, and it was just, um, I think, such an appropriate um, start to our year, understanding that God is wanting to pour out his favor on his people, especially after the last couple of years where it's been a bit tumultuous. Um, it's been a little bit of a fighting season for us in that um, I mean, people in our culture have been fighting with one another. We're fighting for our health. We're just, it's been like this fight, I feel like, the last couple of years. So to proclaim the word favor in the next four weeks, it's not actually our word of the year. You're going to discover what that is soon, soon enough. But the favor of the Lord is something that I think we have to understand and have to have the right perspective on. And as we were worshiping, I was watching in the back over um, the, the TV because I was in another room preparing, it just felt like the Holy Spirit was shifting perspectives in the room. And there's something that happens when heaven comes down from, well, comes down from heaven. (laughs) Comes down and rests on his people, and it shifts our perspective. Because we cannot come to church week after week and leave the same. We are called, every single one of you are called to be heaven bringers. And when we become heaven bringers, we're bringing hope. We're bringing hope. And then there's freedom for the captives. And so this morning, I just want you to understand, I believe Holy Spirit is doing a work in our hearts and our minds, shifting perspectives so that we can leave here bringing hope to people. And you're like, well, I thought we were talking about favor. Well, I believe um, the more I study about the word favor, the more I understand that there's a direct correlation with hope. So this morning, I have a message, and it's called Fighting for Faith. Fighting the fight for faith. There's the fight. Um, oh, thanks. I'm just going to, the iPad's not working. I'm just going to use this. This will be so interesting, guys. I'm getting older, and I keep on doing this to my phone because, anyways, the fight for favor. You know, at first we were going to preach a message, and the title was going to be Favor Ain't Fair, right? And I was just like, I don't know if I could really um, formulate a whole message around that concept when I feel like that concept um, and that phrase has been used in such a way where I feel like it kind of points to the wrong thing of what favor actually means. When you say favor ain't fair, it's because you got a great parking spot. It's because... Um, you got a great deal. I think Caleb talked about this last week. You got a great deal at Marshall's. And it's like, no, that was just a sale. No, that was just an opening parking space for you. And we have dumbed down this concept of favor 
it's actually a greater, deeper um, word for us in our faith. And if we limit it to only receiving something in the, in the very fleshly world realm and worldly realm, if it's just about receiving something, I don't think that we're understanding what God is trying to give us. He's trying to give us something that we can receive for every season, not just in the time of need. Because if we are thinking that favor is just something that we receive um, and it's like this blessing or it's kind of like luck, then we reduce Jesus to being a genie in the bottle for us. And we don't want to reduce the God of the universe who helps us in our time of need, the creator of the universe. We don't want to reduce him to the genie in the bottle persona He's the God of the universe. He's the God of the universe. Give it up for Pastor Caleb. I love when I get to talk to him because he talks about me so much up here. So, you know, he's done, he did a great job this weekend. We moved into our new house. You guys, you guys, favorite fair, got the new house. But, you know, it was very stressful. And I realized I am not very good at moving, you know. Um, I just get stuck in the details and I start like packing up one thing and then my ADD brain just moves on to another room and then I realize that there's open boxes that weren't sealed and then I went from this room to this room to this room and I didn't complete any room. And so this morning, this morning I just feel like the favor of God is resting upon me. The grace of God is resting upon me because he knew the week I had and I told him, Holy Spirit, you're preaching this message. You are preaching this message because, again, I'm not just going to say, God, give me favor. I need to preach on Sunday and boom. No, no, no. He's going to give me favor and grace in the stressful times, in the heavy times, in the busy times, in the restful times. His favor is upon us. His favor is upon us. So we're redeeming even this idea that favor ain't fair. Because the problem with saying that the favor ain't fair <laughs> is that sometimes life just isn't fair. And it's not when we receive something good. God's favor is resting upon us when we're stressed and full of anxiety and when we are in a great need. Romans 15, 13 was the verse that we used last year. And we spoke it over our church, and I feel like he's just continuing to reveal himself through one scripture. So can I remind you to get in the word every day because there's so much for us? We spent a whole year on Romans 15, 13 in our hearts. And I believe that he's continuing to give us revelation from the scripture. Romans 15, 13, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Favor has a lot to do with the amount that we hope in God. And when his presence fills us, the favor spills out of us. Favor is leading us. It's behind us. It's beside us. Oh, his favor, when it's resting upon us, it looks a lot like hope. When we fight for favor, we're fighting for a perspective. When we fight for favor, we fight to keep our hope. The last two years, 2020 and 2021, 
And maybe some of you guys are already saying 2022 has been, has been a few years for us. And we're, we're having a hard time keeping our hope. Well, when we recognize and we have the perspective that favor is resting upon us, we can walk in hope. We can abound in hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I wonder if we're truly walking in faith if we don't have a lot of hope. If we're constantly walking around and seeing only limits, seeing only your depravity, seeing only your shortcomings, seeing only your failures, seeing only the bad things around you, seeing only the bad negative things that are happening in the news, seeing only the negative things, if your glass is half empty, I wonder if we're actually walking a walk of faith, a journey of faith. Hope is not something that you just muster up. I think we muster up hope and we say the right things in order to say that we have hope, but we're walking in a mindset and in a perspective that is actually not hope-filled. Hope is not something that you muster up. It's something, and it's the faith in someone who will make things happen. Don't try to muster up hope. Don't try to muster up circumstances in your life that work to your benefit. Trust and have faith in the one who can make it happen in your life. When we rest, when we rest and have faith in the one who can make things happen in our lives, you don't have to fake your faith anymore. You just have to have faith for a future. It's like, oh, yeah, just have faith. Just have faith. What does that mean? Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to figure out the future. You know, oftentimes when I'm talking about striving and trying to do things in order to muster things up, it's like we try to say, yes, I'm favored. I am favored. I'm convincing myself that I am favored. But the only thing that God ever asks us to put on ourselves and to clothe ourselves with and to not strive for, but to do in our strength is to clothe ourselves with humility, meekness, patience, gentleness. It's not anything that, that you can achieve. Humility is a posture of your heart. And so the only thing that you can ever put on there or that we have ever been instructed, especially in Colossians and throughout the New Testament, but in Colossians and in Romans, it's, it's saying to put on Humility, patience, gentleness, love. As God's chosen people, all you're asked to do is to put on humility, to take on the stance and posture of humility. But in Numbers, we read about, may the favor of God rest upon you. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations, right? We sing a song that even says that. And that's just resting on us. It's nothing that we put on in our own strength. Do you hear that? It's something that just rests on you something that God puts on you. So just remember, it's not something that you can do in your own strength, but it will be a fight. Understanding favor in our lives can still be a fight for the right perspective. And if we put on the humility, we'll maintain the correct perspective. Again, like I said earlier, when we fight for favor, we're fighting to keep our hope. So there's a few concepts that I want us to 
look over today through the scriptures um, so that we can find favor. So there's three fights that I want you to focus on. First, I want you to understand that favor is found in the fight between what if versus wonder. The what if versus wonder. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. I only gave them 18, but let me start with 17. You guys can go ahead and put 18 on the screen. It says this, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are seen, not to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are seen are eternal. Like, what are you talking about? You're talking about a momentary affliction. Remember, favor happens even when we're struggling. Favor happens even in stress. So when we have momentary affliction, we look towards the things that are unseen, not towards the things that are seen. How many people, when you come against um, uncertainty in your life, you're wondering what the next step is? You're wondering where you stand in your relationship with God. You're wondering what your next job is. You're wondering where you stand in your relationship. You wonder about the next season of your life. Whenever you're there, how many times do we sit and contemplate the question, what if? What if? I want to say that we are so full of hope and we're just the perfect Christians that always have the perfect perspective and we're always believing the best. But if you're anything like me, sometimes my what-if questions become, why did that happen? And now what are you trying to say? Why did that happen? Because I was thinking this was going to happen. And, and your question of what if in our human nature quickly becomes why not or why didn't. So the what-if is like what if to but what if, why not? And it's frustrating. Sometimes favor is frustrating. But I believe that God wants to encourage us that we need to stay in the wonder. We need to stay in the wonder. Before I go there, I want to tell you about something that happened to my son on Thanksgiving. I think we might have told the story, but we were watching Caleb play football. Um, you know, old man flag football. And... Uh, <laughs> kidding it's fine he jokes about it too um and you know they were going after it guys it was great a lot of like pulled hamstrings and you know um <laughs> but we're at the end of his game it's no shade he he would admit it he was in rough shape anyway um <laughs> stop Chrissy just stop now um, I love you you did a great job moving um okay so we're watching the game, and at the end of the game, we're, like, walking out. We're, like, high-fiving because we beat the other team. Yes, we beat another church, and we're, like, thinking we're the best church ever now. So we're walking out, and I see my son at the top of a hill on his bike. And I'm talking to a friend, Adrian, and I'm just saying, oh, that makes me so nervous. But I'm too far that even if I yelled, he wouldn't be able to hear me say stop. So I see him come flying down the hill, and he starts riding along the side of the fence at very quick speed, okay, because he just come down the hill, and I can see him like, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared of the speed, so he needs to bail. He bails into the fence, right, and he comes off. He, like, dismounts from the bike, 
And then he looks down, and I'm seeing this all from a distance, and all of a sudden, I just see him scream bloody murder. He's like, I mean, I I don't want to totally imitate him, but he was like that. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's so deep, I see my bone. Well, I almost almost put the picture up here, but I mean, I don't think anybody (laughs) wants to see that. It was disgusting, okay? And literally, what had happened was there was a gash on his shin, and um, it really, um, it pushed the skin up, like the pedal of his bike, and just kind of created a hole in his shin. That's probably enough. Okay, I'm done. Um, But can I be honest with you? As a mom, you want to just say that you just like ran to your son and just like, oh, are you okay? Uh, you, You would hope that's your first response. I gotta be honest. This is a little embarrassing. I was mad. As soon as I saw that happen, I'm like, what? Why was he doing that? What in the, why would you, why would you bail into the fence? Just keep riding. There's a long sidewalk. Just keep going. And I was kind of mad. And the anger wasn't really mad at him. It was mad that I couldn't control the situation. I was mad. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, what if? What if he had just gone that way? No, it was like, what if he hadn't done that? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he listen to Caleb the first time he was told not to do that? Why couldn't he do it like his brother and sister just went down? <laughs> and for whatever reason, I mean, I just said, <laughs> it was a split second where I was mad. I was angry for a second, and then immediately I'm like, no, my boy needs me. And then I was like mom of the year after that. But we all have our moments, right? <laughs> We have our moments because when things don't go our way, we get frustrated. And when we're too frustrated, we don't understand the favor on our lives anymore. When I look at what happened to even Canaan, I was missing the opportunity right away to say, I'm here for you. Mom and dad got you. Caleb was probably a better parent (laughs) because he was there. He was closer. And he got to him, and he just said, are you okay? And, I, and immediately I went to him, obviously, and just said, this is an opportunity for me to pray with him. This is an opportunity in his greatest moment of fear for me to just say, God's got you. I got you. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be okay. The future is bright. You're not going to miss your basketball season because of this. You're not going to lose your limb. You're not going to hurt. You're, it's not fractured. We see the bone. It's not broken. You know, it, it was... <laughs> But really the what ifs that turn into the negative questions is us just losing the wonder of what God has for us. You know, there's a song that we sang on Christmas, and I love this verse. It says, I'm done worshiping an image of what only looks like me, surrounding you with limits of what my eyes can't see, can see. God, would you forgive me? Restore the mystery. Restore the mystery. God is so much bigger than our what ifs and why not and what if, what could happen. He's bigger than that. And we have to just restore the mystery of who he is and what he has for us and how he can do it. Our what ifs are so limiting. It limits God to what he can do and what we can perceive when our faith is small, too small, too small. And doesn't rely on a God that's so big. God, would you restore the mystery for your people? 
He's so much bigger than we can imagine. There's so many ways he can accomplish his mission and his plan for your life. There's so many possibilities. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When we start winning the fight of what if and wonder, and we start saying it's wondering about you, it's being okay in the mystery of not knowing, it's understanding that you're bigger and greater than what we can ever think and imagine. When we start leaning into that part of the fight, the promise in that fight is a good future. It's a great future. So favor is found in the wonder. Let's win that fight. Let's just decline and start, stop asking what if and letting those questions go to why not and start moving into the wonder of who he is. Second, the favor is found in the fight between expect versus accept. Expect versus accept. You know, sometimes I laugh during worship when I've, not at the people leading worship, <laughs> And myself, I've seen myself in pictures or even on stage and I'm singing and my face and my intensity looks a lot like, like sadness. And it's like, is she angry or is she, is she really feeling what God's speaking in that moment? And they look really similar. Our worship, when we're like really intense, looks like you can be really sad or just like tears of joy, you know? And there's, there's such um, a dichotomy between those three. There's actually not even a dichotomy. I mean, they, they can be so far from each other. There's really a chasm between them. And, and, and we have to understand that there's always a fight between very similar things, expect and accept. Expect and accept. I feel like that, those are two words that we've used in Christianity and in church and again, we've relied on our own strength to understand what expectation is. Oh, expect that God's going to do something great. Expect, like, let's increase our expectation in the room. And again, again, I feel like that reminds me to muster up something. And, and, it, and I, I'm not saying that when we say that from worship and we tell you to expect a lot in the room, like, we really mean that. But it's expecting more of God, not of what you can feel. Because remember, favor isn't about what you're feeling. It doesn't always feel like favor, the things that you're going through. So if it's just mustering up and you're feeling really good and I feel really expected, I don't know if that's really faith. So we need to have a different understanding about expecting. Again, I want to believe the best, that we all expect the most. But we're human. We're human. I had a friend of mine, dear friend. Um, she had been experiencing a lot of anxiety. And she had been experiencing some hardship in her personal life and in her marriage. And I had been walking closely with her um, in a lot of different seasons of her life. And I remember just recently talking to her, and she's in, like, a wonderful space. And she's found so much freedom. If you knew the details, you'd understand why the tears. Because God is so faithful. God is so faithful. So getting to walk with somebody 
in their hurt and in their brokenness and watching them go from here to here. And it's not about what you did. It's about everything that God did in them. It's incredible. And you see the faithfulness. It's amazing. But I was talking to her, and I was just like, she was explaining to me a moment where she had, I might butcher this a little bit. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) But she was explaining about how there were times in her moments of anxiety where she was just kind of curled up and almost in a position of, like, stress and just a ball of anxiety, right? And then she was in a moment of prayer recently, and she was in that same position. And then she told me, it was interesting, though, to look back on my last year or so, and that the difference between my panic back then and my peace now was my perspective. Do you hear me? In your panic, in the worst of your times, you can still look a lot like you look in your times of peace, but the difference is your perspective. And I think that God is wanting to tell you, you may say that you expect things in me, but I am wanting you to accept things that I'm doing in your life. It looks the same, but it's different. It's difference. It's difference. And the difference between the panic and the peace is the perspective. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of the things in my friend's life haven't really changed from here to there, from panic to peace. But what is giving her the peace is her perspective. And I want you to understand that there's some moments in your life where things will not change drastically, but your perspective will give you the peace that you should be hoping for. So many times we are hoping for the right outcome. So many times we're expecting the eternal things the the earthly things to be satisfied. When God is saying, I'm doing something eternal and your perspective has to be eternal so that I can give you peace. Peace is something that's long lasting. The outcome in the earthly is only going to give us momentary joy, momentary peace. But God is saying that I want to give you a greater faith. The great thing about favor... The great thing about favor is that we don't have to figure it out. We just have to ask God for the right perspective. So when we start getting to the place that we accept who God created us to be, when we accept the situations that happen that you have no control over, when we accept that other people are going to be a certain way and you have to just be responsible for who you are and how you respond to the situation, when we can just accept then our faith deepens, our perspective deepens. And the promise, the promise in the fight, in this fight of expect to accept is a greater faith. I see my friend when she prays, I see her as a woman of greater and deeper faith. Not because the situation changed and not because the situation is perfect, but because she has perspective. Your, your faith is deepened. Your fight 
is won when you have the right perspective. And next, favor is found in the fight between helpful versus hopeful. Helpful versus hopeful. I know I was telling you that we were moving this week, and it was a lot of work. Thank you to a bunch of you who came and helped and packed, and wow, thank you. I'm so grateful. But I will tell you, there was one person who wanted to help me, and that was Charlie, my little seven-year-old. And how many people know that when you are trying to do adult things and that little person is trying to help you in your adult things, it's actually just... It's not very helpful. I mean, it's just not. It's not helpful. I mean, she's like, Mommy, can I help you? And I'm like trying to carry like these big frames and wrap them. And I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> and, and I want to be, again, I want to be the great mom who just knows how to like help them, help you. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's just like that's, that's a little bit more work. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit more work. <laughs> um, and I just... I don't need your help, Charlie. Thank you. It's kind of like telling her, her telling me, like, oh, can I, like, move these boxes for you? No, they all weigh way more than you, you know? You can't really help. And sometimes I think um, there's moments where God sees us that way, where we're figuring out the future and we're like, I got you, God. Here's the best case scenario. Just deliver for me, right? Here's the best case scenario. Here's my perspective. Here's what I think would really work out well. And God is saying to us, as it says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was a God of the universe. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Why do we feel like we can help him? But let me tell you, little Charlie girl, she was going to help me. And there were three very small boxes of all her little trinkets. I gave her tape. I gave her the little boxes. I gave her instruction to just pack what you can. And there were three little boxes taped up, wrapped up very meticulously. And that was helpful. And that was helpful. It didn't change the plans that Caleb and I had for her life or moving her room or throwing away some things that she didn't need to know that we threw away. It didn't, but it blessed me. It blessed my heart. And I wonder if when we try to change things up and say, this is the direction I want to go, and I'm going to be helpful, God, by telling you what to do and by kind of messing other things up, I wonder if he's just saying, no, do what you can do. And what you and your human self can do, be responsible for yourself, be good with your finances, treat others well, love them well, be faithful to what you've committed to. If you do those things, if you do those things, that'll bless me. Those are like Charlie's little boxes. But when we start to try to be helpful, I think we start to lose our hope. Because if Charlie understood all that Caleb and I were actually doing, it would have been overwhelming. She wouldn't have been able to do it. She wouldn't have been able to move the refrigerator that four grown men with a fifth guy telling them how to move it. (laughs) She wouldn't have been able to do that. She wouldn't have been able to direct that. 
She wouldn't have been able to drive the truck and the trailer. She wouldn't have been able to lift all the boxes. She wouldn't be able to know what to throw away and what to keep because mom and dad wanted to throw away and keep some stuff. She wanted to keep some stuff that we were like, nope, we're throwing that away. Somebody needed to hear that. Yeah. God is saying to us, you're going to lose your hope when you try to be helpful. Just do what I've asked you to do. Stay faithful to the things that I've asked you to do. Stay faithful and you'll find my favor. Stay faithful. I am the greatest. Yes, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't need your help. But it blesses me when you stay faithful. When you stay faithful, you recognize his favor, that God is allowing his favor to rest upon you. He's not asking you to do anything more than that. I read this recently. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. The uncertainties that we're experiencing in our life, sometimes we want to figure it out for God. And we say that we want to do the will of God, but really we're wanting to do the will of ourselves when we're becoming too helpful. And I promise you when we're trying to do things in our own strength and when we're trying to be helpful beyond our limits, we will lose hope. So we need to win the fight between helpful and hopeful. Helpful is self-confidence. Hopeful is God-trusting. But sometimes the route between being helpful to hopeful is waiting. Is waiting. You know, we don't like to wait in this fast-paced world, do we? We don't like to wait. But sometimes we need to stop trying to help and just make our way towards a hopeful living. And that means more waiting. Isaiah 30, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is not wanting you to go in a pace and at a pace that is faster than what you can handle. Charlie wouldn't have been able to handle what we were trying to do at the pace that we were trying to do it. We tried to move everything in one day and not everything was packed. Chrissy learned this year again. I've moved so many times and it's, it's okay. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The promise when you win the fight between being helpful and hopeful is that you will not faint. I, somebody needs to say amen to that. You will not faint. You will not faint. You will not grow weary. You will not quit. You will not be too damaged. You will not be too hurt. You will not be too tired that you cannot go on when we recognize that we have to stay hopeful instead of trying to be too helpful. Some of us need to accept and receive the promise that these fights bring us. And you know the best thing? I'm going to just throw somebody over the bus right now. I haven't played ping pong in a while, okay, because my wrist has been hurt. And I started playing this week, okay. I was really excited about it, a little nervous about it because I just didn't know if I had all my shots, okay. I had a lot of wrist action, okay, and I had a bad wrist. But you know what? I was like, what's there to lose? What's there to lose? And I was still pretty confident in um, my abilities. And guys, I had a lot of wins this last week coming back to the ping pong table. 
including one against my husband. He's a champion of the ping pong world at Project Church. But there's something. I don't even know. That was totally like a bragging moment. But there's something there's something about knowing that you can win. There's something that, that, that there's a confident, confidence that comes to you and there's like a joy that comes to you when you win. And here's the thing. We're always going to win when our hope is in the Lord. We're always going to win when we don't quit and we rely on the Lord. We're always going to win when our faith is deepened. We're always going to win when we recognize that God has a future. It's when we try to take things in our own hands that we will lose. We will faint. We will grow weary. We will give up. But when we understand that the fight between what if and wonder, in that fight, the promise is a good future. When we fight the fight of expecting versus accepting, we realize that there's a promise in that fight for a greater faith. When we have the fight of being helpful versus hopeful, when we lean in and understand that we're always going to win because God is on our side, because God is the one who is fighting for us, the promise in that fight is that we will not faint. And somebody needs to hear that you are winning because you did not quit. You are winning because you did not faint. You're winning because you got back up again. You are winning, and we are going to be victors in this fight of faith. The promise Jesus has is favor. And I, I want to read something, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. If you could put it up on the screen, guys, because I didn't put it on here. It says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Keep going. To proclaim the year of the Lord is favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, to grant for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, and they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Guys, we are called to proclaim the good news to set the captives free, to tell them they aren't going to faint, to tell them that there will be beauty from their ashes. And, and here's the thing. When we, when we talk about the year of favor, in the Old Testament, this is something that very many people were understanding, that every 50 years there was the year of Jubilee, and every 50th year, every debt was canceled. Every, <laughs> somebody was like, Jesus. Every debt was canceled. It's like, when is the year of Jubilee here? There re, there's a return to their original owners. All family property that has been sold will be returned. And, and generally, everybody is kind and generous to everyone. That's essentially what the year of Jubilee was back then. And it was great for those who were slaves. It was great because they got to go back to their families. And there was liberty throughout the land. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, that happened every 50 years. And the things that happen in the Old Testament and the natural, when they happen in the New Testament, when, when they're redeemed in the New Testament, it's something internal, internal that is happening, internal and eternal. So the things that are happening in the physical in the Old Testament are something that's happening in the New Testament when it's talked about again, that's happening internally and eternally. 
So in Luke, I don't have the scripture right here. It's Luke 4, 8, and 9. Jesus is in the temple, and he's saying, and he's proclaiming to the people that he's teaching that it is the year of the Lord's favor. What is he doing there? Jesus is saying that I am the fulfillment of this prophecy in Isaiah 61. And he knows the word so well because he is the word. So he's talking about the year of the favor of the Lord. And he's saying in the Old Testament, he's quoting the Old Testament and saying that I have come to set the captives free. That was a very external thing. But now that Jesus is saying it and he's fulfilling the promise of that that was prophesied back then, he's saying that I am the fulfillment and that you don't have to wait every 50 years to be set free. You have that every day because I died and rose again. And so that is the hope for us today. That is the favor that is resting upon us today. We don't have to wait every 50 years. We can just receive the favor that we are bestowed because Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. So I want you to hear that again, understand that Jesus is talking about himself. Isaiah 61, one, put, 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 put it up on the screen again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Who in your life is brokenhearted that you are going to be sent because there's favor on your life to bind up their wounds? Who is that? To bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives. Who in your life and who in this room has been so captive to their fears, to their failures, to their shame, to the guilt that they've been walking in, that you have to understand that, the God's, that God's favor is resting upon you and you are free. You are free. You need to be liberated. This is what Jesus' message is about, that you are free in him. When you understand the favor, you understand that there's freedom. When you understand that he came to set us free, it says this in Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Stand firm. Stand firm. Going back to Romans 15.13, may the God of hope fill you with all hope. Fill you with all hope so that you may abound in his hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. He's filling you right now. He's filling you not to make a move. He's filling you not to get defensive. He's not filling, he's filling you right now. And you don't have to do anything. You just have to stand there and rest on the favor that is coming upon you right now. The perspective of what favor is right now. The perspective that you're free in him right now. The perspective, the perspective. God, give your people perspective right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to set the captives free, and now you're going to use us because your favor resting on us to set other captives free through the power of your spirit. Thank you, God, that favor is resting on us, that we can receive it, that we don't have to strive for it, that we can accept that you are, you are doing a work in us, that you are going to complete the work that you started in us, that you have a good future for us, that you are deepening our faith, and that you're not going to let us fail. We are not going to faint because your favor is resting upon us. Despite what the uncertainties are that are surrounding us, beside, despite the things that we can't control, Lord, we thank you that your favor is resting upon us and we can trust in you as a result. So Jesus, I pray that you would just over your people today over your people today that you would 
remind them and that you would shift perspectives even right now. The things that they've been stressing out about, the things that they've been anxious about, God, I pray that you would shift their perspective, that you would start speaking to them what your perspective is, your divine perspective. Right now, Lord Jesus, thank you for your Holy Spirit shifting perspectives right now. I think there's some people here who have a lot of questions who are asking a lot of what ifs and they've turned into negative what ifs and they've been asking the question why more than resting in the wonder. God, I pray that you would speak to them even right now in this moment. That you would show them, that you would remind them, that you would speak a word to them right now. Favor. Favor on them. Favor on them. There's favor on this church because there's favor on you. Again, it's not something that we did to deserve it or earn it. God is just that faithful to his people. And I hear the Lord saying that, remind them who they are. Remind them who they are and that they don't have to figure it out. When you are a child of God, just like Charlie is the child of me and Caleb's, she didn't have to figure everything out. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. Rest. This message isn't about what is next for you. This message is about resting in him. Thank you, God, that you have a perfect future, that we haven't even scratch the surface of seeing or knowing (laughs) you're so good I just want to pray for those who are um, who as you are listening to this message you're asking what is it to have a relationship with Jesus what is it to understand that I can be set free from um, things that that have held me captive whether it's fears or frustrations or hurts or wounds like you're wondering what it's like to, to walk in the freedom that I'm talking about, the freedom that Jesus came to this earth to give us, that freedom. There's a lot of people who are bound up, even in this room, or there's people that you're thinking of that you are called to even speak the message of the gospel to. But if you're in this room, I just want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to accept Jesus into your life. It's when you make the Lord, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, that you start understanding favor. You start understanding that you can be free. It's, it's, you're about to be set free from the yoke of slavery, the yoke of sin. So if you're in this room and you're listening to this message and you're like, I want to be set free of my fears, of my anxieties, of my worries, of my questions. I just want to walk in the wonder that she's talking about where it produces joy and understanding of favor. If that's you in this room, I'm going to just count to three, give you an opportunity to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. No one's looking around. I'm looking around because I want to pray for you. But if you're in this room and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life so you can start walking in his favor, it's already on your life. But so you can choose him. And take that next step of obedience. If that's you in this room, count to three. 
you want to accept Jesus into your life or you want to give your life back to him, if that's you in this room, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. I see that hand. 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 Come on. Come on. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you repeat after me, everyone in the room, for all those who raise their hand. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you that you've ordered every one of my steps. Thank you that you've led me here and that you're following me with your favor. I accept you into my life. I believe that you love me, that you can change me, that you can restore me. So I confess my need of you, that I'm a sinner and I want to depend on you. Be my righteousness. Be my strength. Give me the strength to live for you for the rest of my life and give you glory. Give you a precious name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap for all those. Why don't we all stand? And before we sing the song, it's just kind of a declaration of what he did today in your hearts. I want you to understand, for those who raise their hands, this is the most important decision you could ever make. The most important decision. So I just want to bless you. And as we sing this song, would you just kind of declare that he is resting on you with his favor? And let this truth soak into your hearts as we sing this next Hey, song. thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.